Holy Week. Imagine the disciples and the roller coaster of emotion that they have been on during Holy Week up until Easter. So if you remember, they started back on an emotional high. They praised and worshipped Jesus as he came into Jerusalem with the crowds waving their palm branches, shouting, Hosanna, hail to the King of Israel. And then if we continue on a little bit in the week, we remember Jesus gathered with his disciples for their last meal together. We remember that Jesus washed their feet, and it was at that meal that he announced to them that one of them would betray him. And then their, their roller coaster of emotion began to tank as they began to be angry and upset as Jesus was arrested and then even more disappointed, grief-ridden as he was crucified and died on the cross. And then last Sunday, which to me feels like a long time ago, um, we saw that the tomb was empty and Jesus was alive and their emotion came back to the top. And remembering this roller coaster of emotion helps us know where we are as we enter our scripture today. So if you have your Bibles with you or your phones or you can watch on the screen, um, we are going to go to John 20, verses 19 through 31. We're going to read this scripture passage. It says, On the evening of that first day of the week, When the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear, the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and he stood among them and he said, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side and the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said to them, peace be with you. Be with you. As the Father had sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. And if you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands, and I put my finger where the nails were in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them this time. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came, and he stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands? Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. And Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. 
You see, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which were not recorded in this book. But these are the ones that are written, that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. You see, it was the evening of the resurrection. The disciples were afraid of what the Jewish leaders might do to them if they found them and where they were. So fear had overcome the disciples. Their leader had been put to death by the authorities, and they were afraid of what would be next. Would it be them? So they locked themselves in a room, and they drew the curtains. And if you can just visually picture that, then imagine sitting in silence, listening to the sounds or for the sounds of the soldiers coming to arrest them. That's what they feared would happen. But then, in that same verse where we read that, we read, suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Can you imagine the disciples' shock? As all of a sudden, Jesus is standing there among them in this locked room with the curtains drawn. Jesus, the one who loved them, was there with them. And he wasn't just there with them. He stood before them and he said, peace be with you. Do you think maybe Jesus was saying, calm down, get yourself together. It's me. You're okay. As he spoke those words, the disciples were filled with joy. And then Jesus says again, peace be with you. Do you think Jesus was continuing, continuing to help them just calm down in the moment to help them understand? Or do you think the disciples may have been a little, little fearful? You see, do you think maybe they thought Jesus was going to reprimand them for deserting him in the desert? Or do you think maybe he was going to reprimand them for denying him? But that's not what happened at all. I believe they were joyful because they believed in Jesus. They knew Jesus, and he was assuring them that he was there in their presence with them. He was not there to scold them or to condemn them or lecture them. He was there to bring them peace in the midst of their fear of what was next and in their grief of what had been. That was not, though, the only reason that Jesus appeared to his disciples that night. As we read in Scripture, in this passage, Jesus brought several things with him. We'll call these gifts that he brought to his disciples on this night. The first one of those was assurance. By presenting himself to the disciples, by showing them his nail-scarred hands and his wounded side, Jesus gives the disciples assurance, assurance that he was there with him. He is saying, in a sense, it's me. It's the one who taught you all these days. It's the one who broke bread with you. It's the one who performed miracles before you. It's the one who hung on the cross 
days before and died because I love you. The first gift he brings the disciples in their grief and in their fear is assurance. Assurance that he was with them no matter what. He had told them before that he would raise from the dead, that all of these things would happen. They had seen everything happen up until Friday and now stood among them on Sunday. He was giving them assurance, not only in his presence, but also in his word. Do any of you need assurance? Many of us need assurance in our daily lives. We need to know that Jesus is here with us, that his appearance in that upper room that day was not just for them, but Jesus is saying to you and to I that I am with you, not just today, not just tomorrow, but I am with you always to the ends of the earth. Jesus brought them the gift of assurance that day. And then if we continue on in verse 21, we see that Jesus gave them the gift of peace. It was Sunday evening. They are locked in a room and Jesus gave them peace. Peace not only that he was there with them to disciple them, but peace that must have come from knowing that he stood before them as their Lord the peace that must have come in realizing that he, what he had said had come true. The power that he had, he truly had. You see, we find peace when we accept Christ as our Savior. We are washed with the peace that comes from knowing our sins are forgiven, knowing we are no longer a slave to sin, knowing that our Savior takes away the fears and the hurts, knowing that we have a Savior who will walk the journey of life with us. We have a peace in Jesus' presence among us. Christ gives us that peace. Christ provides that peace for the disciples there in the upper room that day. He provides a peace for them. That's the second gift that he brings. And the third gift that he brings in verse 21 is a mission. He gives them a mission. And he says to them, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. And if we think about it, what was Jesus sent to do? He was sent to teach and he was sent to live among us. He was sent to suffer for the truth and for righteousness he was sent to rescue men and women and children from all over the world from the life they knew and give them a new life. And these are the things in which Jesus is sending us to do. He was sending his disciples, and guess what? Every one of us in this room is Jesus' disciple. He is sending us to go out into a broken and a hurting world. He is sending us to teach others about God and God's kingdom. We are to go and to suffer for truth and righteousness. We are to go and be the hands and feet of God. We are to go and share the transforming love of Jesus Christ for, with all people. 
That's why Jesus sent his disciples that day on a mission, and he is sending us on a mission as well. He's given us assurance. He's given us peace, and he's given us a mission. And the last thing he says in verse 22, it says, Jesus breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. You see, in that moment, in that time, Jesus gave the disciples the power of the Holy Spirit. All those things that we just talked about, assurance, peace, and mission, are nothing without the guidance and gifts of the Holy Spirit. The disciples needed to receive the Holy Spirit. We need to receive the Holy Spirit as well. There is something here that I don't want you to miss. John tells us that he breathed on the disciples. If we go all the way back to Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, we read that God breathed into man's nostrils and became a living person. That's how we became a living person. God breathed into Adam and gave him life by breathing onto us. Unto all disciples, we receive the Holy Spirit and we receive new life in Christ. When we accept Jesus Christ, we receive this gift of the Holy Spirit and thus receive a new life. The power of the Holy Spirit is the power of God. It resides and lives within you and I as believers. It strengthens us. It encourages us. It helps us and it teaches us. It gives us the Holy Spirit, the power that God intends for us to have. You see, Jesus came into that room that night bearing gifts, bearing gifts of assurance, peace, mission, and power of the Holy Spirit. But then we go on to the next part of the story. And unfortunately, we read that Thomas was one of the 12, and he was not there. He was not there when Jesus first appeared to the Holy Spirit. And I'll be honest, the excitement of the other disciples could not convince him that Jesus had appeared, that this occurrence had happened. Thomas wanted proof. Any of y'all like Thomas out there? Might need a little proof to know things happen at times. Um, if, if I'm going to be honest, I like some proof sometimes to know things are, things are happening. Thomas needed proof. Thomas wanted to see Jesus' face. He wanted to see Jesus alive. He wanted to see the wounds on the hands. He wanted to see that wound in his side. He wanted to see these things. And because he didn't believe it without seeing, he gained the name Doubting Thomas. You see, Thomas may have been a pessimist, but we know he had courage, and we know that he loved Jesus deeply. If we turn back a little earlier in John, we read that Thomas said that he was willing to go and to die with Jesus. Thomas was willing to go to Bethany and to be with Jesus where he knew that danger lurked where he knew what could possibly happen. Thomas loved Jesus so deeply, he was willing to go to Jerusalem, endure whatever Jesus had to endure. 
And then we read that Thomas was so brokenhearted when Jesus gave up his life on the cross that he had to go and be alone to get himself together. He needed to go and process what had happened during the week of Holy Week and Jesus dying on the cross. That is why he was not with the other disciples. But the Bible tells us a week later, when Jesus visited those disciples again, the doors were locked, the curtains were probably drew, and Jesus was standing among them. And he says to them, and Thomas was there, peace be with you. Notice Jesus Jesus doesn't reprimand Thomas for not being there during the other occurrence or being there during some of the other events of the week. Instead, he shows mercy and grace and love to Thomas because he knew Thomas's heart. Only a week earlier, Thomas refused to believe what had happened because he needed proof. And now, Jesus stands before Thomas and he shows him his hands and he allows him to put his finger in his side and he says... He no longer doubts, but Thomas confesses, my Lord and my God. Can you hear Jesus knocking on our hearts, longing for us to proclaim and to confess to the world that Jesus is our Lord and our God? Thomas no longer doubted, and he believed Thomas believed and received and he gained a new life with Christ. Thomas had been resurrected in those moments. All the other disciples were resurrected that night in that room when they all believed what had happened. Through Jesus' appearance with them and the gifts that he brought to them, they all believed. They all gained new life. They all put away their old self and brought with them their new self. You see, if I look around this room, we are all disciples of Christ. We are all who claim to love Jesus with all that we have and all that we are. And if I know how worship happens in this room, Jesus has been present with us and among us. And today he is asking you and I to receive gifts, to receive the gift of assurance, the assurance in God's word and that God is with us in all things. He is asking you and I to have peace as believers, knowing that we don't have to worry about our future, that our future is in the hands of God. He has given us a mission so that we can't hold up what we have, but that we can share with the world what he has. And he is breathing into you and I the power of the Holy Spirit, so that we no longer have to doubt, but that we can believe with all that we have and all that we are. Will you accept these gifts today that Jesus is bringing to us, his disciples? Will you accept and believe and proclaim my Lord and my God with all of your life, all of your heart, all of your well-being? Thanks be to God. Let's go to God in prayer. 
Gracious and loving God, we come before you, God, as your disciples. God, as ones who love you deeply. God, but we also come and we confess, God, that we doubt at times. We are like some of the rest of the disciples in the room and mostly probably like Thomas, or maybe I should say myself is like Thomas at times. But God, we hear your gifts you bring to us today. Assurance, peace, a calling to go, and the gift of the Holy Spirit. God, help us to be one of your disciples in that room. Help us to receive the gifts and to proclaim with all that we are and all that we have that you are our Lord and our Savior, that you are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. God, that you, our teacher, our friend, our Messiah, 